Welcome to the Life and Times of Captain Barney Miller. I'm your host, Mike White, joined, of course, by Lieutenant Captain Chris Stashew. Lieutenant Captain Millennial Chris Stashew. I am a millennial, so if you want to come at me, <laughs> come at me. Don't come at Mike. It's not even <laughs> this show. It's not even the show, but this show wouldn't exist without that show. We were getting dragged on our Kolchak, uh, I guess our Facebook for Kolchak? No, that was, uh, I went to iTunes. Yeah, it was an iTunes review, and someone was dragging us for our PC commentary and opinions of Kolchak. Well, this show is doing the same thing here, so. I think we'll be talking a little bit about that, actually, tonight. It feels like we've talked about it on every episode that we've done recently, <laughs> Like, not even exaggerating, that's pretty much, it feels like every episode we've had to talk about something. So, more episodes, more chances to do that. So, this show has, I think, what, like, ten times the episodes that Kolchak did? So, the episodes that we are talking about tonight are episode... Seven of the second season, Grand Hotel, which aired originally October 23rd, 1975, Discovery, which aired October 30th, 1975, and You Dirty Rat, which aired November 13th, 1975. With a title like You Dirty Rat, I kept thinking that there was going to be a really bad Cagney impersonation in this. That's not where I went to, but the title doesn't even make any sense, so... Well, it's his catchphrase. I know, I know, I know. But I haven't seen a lot of Cagney films, just so you're... I'm a millennial, I don't watch those kinds of things. <laughs> Why am I even on this show? Why am I talking about a show that was before 1990? How dare you talk about something that was made before you were born? I know, I'm not allowed to have an opinion, so it's fine. But Grand Hotel's fun. Getting to see our good friend Wentworth again, which is nice. Yeah, I like her so much, and I was so happy, because I think she opens up the episode, and it was great. Well, and the thing about her is, I want to see more of her, and I want her to be a mainstay on the show, and I know she's not going to be. I know that she shows up, I think, a couple more times, maybe, and that's it. I think this is, what, three or four episodes we've seen her now? I think this is the third, yeah. If IMDb is to be believed, she's on, like, two more, Block Party and Massage Parlor, and they all seem to be in the same season as this. It's unfortunate, because she would work well, because we know that there are going to be other people on the show who leave and or pass away, so she would be a nice addition, but obviously that's not the case, so off my soapbox, because she's one of the better parts of the show so far. This has to be right around the time that she's getting Alice, so she manages to have her own show for however many seasons. I need, they need to see if the math is right on that, but I think that I would have been watching her show and this show at the same time. Well, not at the same time. Around the same time. Well, yeah, Alice started in 76, so... Oh, there you go. So, yeah, we're like, we're knocking on the door of it, so... There's a new girl in town. That You know what, though? You know, Linda Lavin aside... Adam Arkin. Young, child Adam Arkin. Oh my god, yeah. When I looked like at him- Like a baby. Yeah. I'm like, who is- I know, I know that. And then when he started to speak, I was like, oh yeah, that voice is unmistakable. Well, and the funny thing is, on another podcast that we do together with a friend of ours, Father Malone, we saw Adam Arkin in an episode of Twilight Zone 1985, and he looked young in that. 
And this is a decade before that. This is 75. I mean, he's a child. He's probably, what, early 20s? If that? He's really good. I mean, he's not given a whole lot to do. No, no. Though he he gets the good laugh line with his name, Howard Smith. Get in there, punk. Look, you don't have to shove. Shut up! You're in enough trouble already. For what? We didn't do anything. Wait, 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 wait. I'm Captain Miller, Mr. Hunsinger. What's, what's, what is it? Third degree rape. Caught him in the hotel with a 17-year-old broad. Do not call her a broad. Her name is Shirley Webster, and she lives at 713 West 24th Street. And we're engaged. <laughs> they registered as Mr. and Mrs. Smith. You got no imagination, kid. What's your name? Howard Smith. (laughs) Okay, so his name's Smith. He was still shacking up with a miner. We weren't shacking up. Barney's always the straight man of the show. It's nice to see him, like, always playing the calmer head in the situation, because that's what the show needs. But these episodes feel a little... Formulaic is the word. Not this one, but like the B plot in this one feels kind of formulaic. Well, it was interesting that all of this stuff was going around this hotel, that it wasn't just Wojo and Wentworth at the hotel doing the stakeout thing, but then the, having the hotel detective played into it. Who That guy, uh, Robert Mandan, I think right around this time he was on Soap, so another very familiar face. Oh, and did you notice... Miss Hearthstone? That's like the weirdest part of this show, this episode. <laughs> That's our friend, what was her name? Plum, I think, on Kolchak, the one that like really matched him beat for beat and we Yeah, like, that's right. Yeah, from the Ripper. Yeah, that's right. I was I was looking at her, I was like, she looks awfully familiar. And then when I looked her up, I was like, okay, of course, Kolchak. Like, of course. But in this episode, she's I mean, I don't understand what the joke is. Like at the end, it's like I was just doodling like I didn't get the joke. Like, what's what's funny? Like, what's funny about that? I mean, what's funny about it? <laughs> what do you mean funny? Funny how? Tell me what's funny. Because it felt like the joke was going somewhere where she says, okay, here's seven names. This is the one who I think did it. And these other six are sex offenders. I was like, okay. I'm like waiting for a really good punchline. And the I was just doodling. I never would have picked that. Because I didn't initially recognize her from Kolchak, I thought that she was, like, some well-known TV actress, and they were just responding to her saying things because she was well-known guesting on the show. And then when I looked it up, I was like, no, this is literally just some sort of bizarre non-sequitur joke that doesn't land. Or maybe it's, like, a slang that we're not aware of in 2020? Like, I kept thinking that the punchline was going to be like, oh, I I wanted to look up their phone numbers or something like that. That's what I thought it was going to be, too. Because that's what she, I mean, that's what they set it up for. It's like, oh, I was, you know, just tell me these guys' addresses. I'm going to go bother them because I think they're, like, hot. Like, that's what I thought it was going for. I'm like, no, it's it's just some weird non sequitur that makes no sense. Excuse me, Captain Miller. I am DTF. Hal Linden, man. The dude has charisma, right? We've kind of bemoaned Fish, I feel like, fairly on this show that we're doing this this podcast, because his character hasn't, it's not that his character hasn't aged well, but his character gets curmudgeon towards his wife to a point where it's like, dude, why are you even married? But in this episode, I can relate to Fish, eating prunes, and just be, I mean, again, he's just such a curmudgeon turd, but he's great. Like, that's 
it doesn't even feel like Vagoda is playing a character. It feels like he's just doing what we assume Abe Vagoda was like in real life, which is probably not the case. But it's a pretty on-point character because he never lets up. He's just constantly just a curmudgeon old bastard who's probably not even as old as he claims he is. Yeah, didn't we look it up at one point and he was just, he was like, what, 10 years older than Hal Linden, if that? It wasn't that much of an age difference. Yeah, Abe Vagoda's like 50 when this show is, like 55. Like, dude, you're you're still spry for a 55-year-old. And, and I mean, Abe Vagoda lived almost to be 100. Like, Abe Vagoda lived to be like 96 or 95. Abe Vagoda, this is like halfway point, man. Speaking of older, uh, on the next episode, Discovery, Fish is supposedly dead. That was making me laugh for more reasons than just this episode. Just the whole, is a pagoda dead thing. What would have been great is if it turns out Fish actually is dead, and no one can see him. And then you just have the show with Fish giving commentary, and no one can hear his commentary. Take the episodes and you re-edit it so that you cut him out completely, and so all of a sudden the audience will just start roaring (laughs) for no reason. But this episode is the one we're going to have some things to talk about. Thanks, Wojohowicz. It's homophobia, but it's not mean. It's more, I don't understand. It's just all of these questions, and I just love how Yamada shuts them down every single time. The thing about the character of Wojohowicz is, this isn't the first time we've seen this, and it's like, it wasn't funny the first time. I mean, we get the laugh tracks going on in the background, so it must be funny. But this isn't the first time we've seen this, and it's not going to be the last it's not that it's a, like you said, it's not that it's offensive. It's just like so ignorant and just outdated. It's outdated humor. So we should probably say that this is the return of Marty Morrison, the one gay character that we've seen. Well, for sure, gay character that we've seen in what, two other episodes, I think? If maybe not I think three. This is the th- I think this is the third. This is third for second him. Or thir- second or third time, yeah. He's back, and he's brought a friend. I don't know if these guys are actually together as a couple, but definitely as one person helping out another person, because the older gentleman that Marty is bringing to the precinct, and I love this whole thing, like, no, these are good people before he goes into the precinct, but he's been accosted by uh, someone claiming to who it was a police officer and who shook this guy down after finding man at a gay bar. I don't know why they brought the character of Marty back because it doesn't seem like he really adds anything other than like that. Like you said, that intro to like, they're good people. Like, okay, we know that we know that. I don't know. I mean, I like this episode. This is probably the best of the three. Jack DeLeon coming back as Marty doesn't add anything, unfortunately. Well, it doesn't add anything the way Wentworth coming back in the last episode did. Yeah, I mean, he is such a a minor character. Like, we haven't really had a a Marty... I don't think he was even the A story for the first time he was on the show. No, because he was locked up in the jail most of the time. More one-liner kind of thing. And like I said, I like Yamana, who every time... Wojo brings up something like how he's calling the gay guys the opposite sex. And it's like, what? <laughs> it's like, yeah. And then he goes, Oh, fruitcake. And it's like, Oh my God. Like, 
Jesus Christ show. And then he says they're a little, they're a little funny. Like, oh my God, Jesus Christ. At least, like, we know it's not Max Gale, that it's Wojohowicz. But, like, the funny thing is, you know, like, again, he comes off as the least progressive of all the characters. And I don't know if any of the other characters have any problem with it one way or another, but Wojohowicz making a problem of it is just weird. But, hey, you know what? Still a decent episode. The whole thing with Fish being dead is pretty good. The fact that there's another gay cop, or a gay cop, at the end of the episode is pretty great as well. But the whole uh, Mr. Buckholtz side plot adds up to nothing. I don't understand what the point of it is. The way that he leaves where Barney has offered him dignity, it's like, okay. It felt like it was, it didn't weigh true. Because it's like, oh, we're going to drag you off to Bellevue, but no, we're not. And now you're just going to le- let you leave. Like, okay, fine. Like, whatever. I, the B plot in this episode was intruding on the other plot line, and it just was not settled in a way that mattered. But what about the final episode? The final episode, You Dirty Rat, where the guys confiscate a large pile of marijuana, 20 bags, and then two of them disappear, and so there's a whole mix-up, but the guy who's picking up the weed just does not care. And did you recognize Val Bisoglio? I think so. He's on Kolchak, right? In the zombie episode? He was. That's it. That's what I thought. He's the one who's uh, really kind of putting the strong arm on Carl for the mob boss. I can't figure out what the hell his character was doing in this episode. Is he, like, a bad cop? Or... I don't have a clue. I, I mean, thought it was hilarious, though. This, it's I know, it's face. funny, but it's just like, <laughs> I have no idea any more than anyone else does. And that's funny. Yeah, you see... Uh, See, Fish here was the guy that counted it in the first place, and uh, and he he uh, was in a hurry, and so he probably got it wrong. Gee whiz, what an unfortunate mistake. Right, right. Could have happened to anybody. <laughs> and we have a saying about that down narcotics. No kidding. <laughs> what is it? Gee whiz, what an unfortunate mistake. <laughs> I mean, I just assume that the drugs are just disappearing down at, at Vice, I guess is where it was. But I guess the drugs just disappear and it's, you know. But then you have the B-plot of the kid who steals the police car and was going to sell it. And he was pretty good. He was pretty good, yeah. I guess the the homeless man? Who is one of these guys, Jay Pat O'Malley, I've seen him in a thousand things. And... He kind of always plays the same character, but so he was a familiar face. So thanks. Well, he's going to be on the show three more times. Oh, geez, really? Yeah, yeah. Three more times as far into as far as to the show is 81. Wow. Is he the same guy each time? No, it's it's a different character each time. But the thing that most, I would say, mainstream folks know him from is he played Jasper in 101 Dalmatians. He did the voice work. And the walrus and the carpenter in Alice in Wonderland. So, I mean, he's a, he's not he's not an American actor, but that you wouldn't know it because he's not. I mean, he's not. It's not that he's not giving anything to do, but he's playing just like a drunk homeless guy. So they're not like really asking him to do much, but that's okay because it actually works really well. And it's a seemingly sympathetic character, I would say. 
But that seems to always be the case with a lot of the people that they bring in. Or it's, you know, it's not exactly what it seems when they arrest them. Barney takes care of the charges. And then it's not like they fix him up with some place, but they end up giving him, what, $14.35? Yeah, because he knows that he's has no idea where he's going to sleep that night. So it's like, okay, you know, just try to do the, the right thing as much as you can. Yeah, the the B, the A plot of the marijuana with the rat stealing the marijuana is it's pretty dumb. But like dumb in a good way. It's kind of what this show's stock and trade is, is fantastical comedy. Like it's trying to set it in reality, but at the same time, like a rat's not gonna steal a kilo of marijuana. Like, Jesus Christ. Like even they're talking about these like giant rats that they were talking about. Like it's it's fun. It's it's a fun show. And I'm glad that it doesn't try to, like, go too serious sometimes. I mean, it, there have been episodes that were serious and they were good, but a rat stealing marijuana is pretty outlandish in a good way. Yeah, this one had some good laugh lines. There were some good things that were going on. I, I appreciated when uh, the uh, rat catcher was saying that there had been no rat rabies for however many years. But the bubonic plague, on the other hand. Oh, well... That's some oddly topical humor. I also like that we hadn't really mentioned it because we hadn't seen him for a while, but Jack Sue came back in the last episode, which was nice, looking much healthier. The first one that we talked about with Wentworth, it was a very empty room at that point because there were, I, I think China was in it, but no Harris and no Yamana again. It's almost like that title card of them is there to be pulled at any moment <laughs> just because they keep going away. It's kind of what it feels like. Because, I mean, what about Barbara Barry? Like, Jesus Christ, when was the last time we saw her? Like, two episodes? <laughs> two episodes of our show ago is what it feels like? Yeah. Lord. Has she been in at all this season? Um, yeah, I thought... Oh, the, the social worker. So, the second yeah. episode. Yeah. She hasn't been in the show. She's been in the show about as much this season as she was last season. Which is, like, every third or fourth episode. Just keep seeing those title cards and wondering when she's going to show up. She's got a good agent getting her in there. That's very good agent, that's for sure. Using her image for each one of those. Hey, people hope she'll be in it. And when she's not... Is Elizabeth going to be in this one? Where's Hal Linden's uh, his old ball and chain, as Ava Goda would probably refer to her as? So overall, I had a lot of fun watching these um and not only did i laugh quite a few times but i actually heard andrea laugh too which is unusual for us to be watching something in her laugh i i liked him i mean again you know other than the this kind of just tone deaf shit with the gay jokes like whatever there was their fun there they were consistently good episodes and each one like you said i i laughed at something in each of them be it fish talking about making a necklace out of prune pits to, you know, the kid at the end going, y'all, give me some money for this tip, and it's that fish past a kidney stone. It's like, okay. Like, the show, the show, when it's, when it's hitting and firing on all cylinders, it's really good. It seems to do that more often than not, which is good because there's so many episodes of the show that it would be a real slog if it wasn't the case. We wouldn't have signed on to do a show that has a hundred plus episodes if those episodes were not funny. And again, they're seeming to be so far, you know, a, th a quarter of the way into the second season, funny episodes that are putting our characters in situations that aren't so similar that we're getting bored, even with the show being 21 minutes an episode. 
we millennials have very short attention spans. <laughs> Boy, don't we? I can only watch shows that are 20 minutes long, hence why uh, Last Man Standing is my favorite TV show. So I thought you were all about Chibi. I thought it was called Queeby. Oh, it could be. I don't know. Queeb, quibby? Quib, Quibby? The thing, that no, the thing that they had like 93% of the people leave after the free trial. That was a real number. It was like, you know, they were talking about how many people kept on after the free trial, and it was like a, it was like a single digit percentage of the people. Wow. Jesus Christ. Well, look, short content is great, but, uh, that's what YouTube's for, or Snapchat or TikTok. Like, I just, I never saw the appeal, but, you know, clearly nobody else did, so. But I'm also not in a room of people who are foaming at the mouth to try to create another streaming platform to take $10 a month from people, so what do I know? Hey, you cancel your cable, and you still pay $100 a month. <laughs> what have we gained here? Nothing. We're just paying $100 to five different people as opposed to one. Bring back the days of shit like Barney Miller over the air, man. Like, not, you know. You have to pay for good television. That's really what it boils down to. Why well, friends that have, like, the tuners, you know, they're not on cable. They use terrestrial uh, television still. And there are the channels between the channels. So, like, NBC1, NBC2, NBC3. And so some of those will actually show older, uh, older shows like this. Just go on Amazon, get yourself a tuner. For your TV, because everybody's TV can have one. And you can just watch Barney Miller for free, probably. Gotta cut the cord. Yeah, cut it, brother. So, Chris, what's happening with you these days? Just talking about some fantasy films, which is fun, because we haven't really covered that on the Culture Cast before. That That's it. And, you know, I do a bunch of other podcasts, so just follow me on Twitter, casualty underscore Chris. I don't need to bore you with every single podcast that I do. Thanks to John Walker for our opening theme. Thank you to everybody for listening. Thanks for the reviews over on iTunes. Um, hopefully we're not being too snotty about this show. If you do leave reviews, we do read them. But you know what? As long as you're listening, that's all we care about. Thanks for your ears.